So thank you all for coming. Oh, yeah, grab that by the bottom. Thank you all so much for coming. It is really an honor for, uh, for myself, for Kirsten, and our family to share in this celebration of what the Lord has done with all of you. Um, I want to do something really quick. Uh, if you were here at the beginning, maybe you showed up at Dave's Town Club at that, or just somewhere around, we'll just call it the beginning. You decide. Uh, go ahead and just stand up real quick. Can I just have you stand up? Was there only three of you left? Okay, here we go. You know, uh, boy, these folks have... Uh, thank you. Let's just say thanks to, to them. Um, uh, these folks, what, what, what you've had to endure of, uh, you know, setting up and tearing down chairs and, and a, a, an immense amount of thankless and unseen uh, jobs. Uh, we, we would pull the trailer into the elementary school and it'd be like my, negative 20 uh, we don't see that where we're from uh, anymore, but it, and, and they're unloading in just immense cold weather. And so just thank you to those who have been here uh, since the beginning. Uh, all of those unseen things, no matter uh, if you've only joined in the last few years and you've been faithfully serving or, or you've been here since the beginning, all of the, even the unseen things that you have done, the sacrifices, the commitment, the faithfulness that you have shown, uh, has resulted in, in th this glorious day where we can come together and celebrate what the Lord has done in this new facility. So uh, thank you all so much. Let's, give them, uh, let's just give the Lord some uh, praise this morning. Uh, since there are uh, many, maybe I'm a new face that maybe to many of you, I wanted to just introduce our family here. We're from uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Uh, we're actually in Fort Mill, South Carolina. I won't be dropping any y'alls on you, however. Uh, we haven't been there that long. We've been there about eight years, but let me just introduce, uh, probably two of them are unrecognizable, I've already been told, so I'll start with the youngest. This is Hannah. She's 12. There you go. You want to say hi, Hannah? Uh, Brady is 15. He's a freshman. Uh, he thinks he's taller than me, but it's just an optical illusion. Uh, uh, my wife, Kirsten, you want to just say hi? Uh, so my wife and I have been really in ministry together probably since like an hour after we met uh, almost, and, and so she uh, was a founder of a ministry called Moms and Step, maybe that many of you uh, have benefited from, and she was helped coordinate uh, the homeless ministry that we did downtown, and I'm most grateful for how she helped me and supported me as, as a pastor, and we really always felt like we did this together. And uh, so I appreciate, babe, uh, just all of your commitment uh, to, to this group. And, and while we were doing this, Brady and Hannah were only this tall, so I always say she was doing the most important work of, of raising our kids. But uh, it is a, a joy and an honor for us to be here today, and I just want to say thank you for inviting us. Uh, as, as I thought about what, what it, would it be as, as I'm coming, here back, uh, coming back to share with you, what, what, would, it, what would it be that... I felt like the Lord would want to bring to you. And the two words that kept coming to my mind were these two words I want to challenge you with today. Press on. To press on. Now, oftentimes, what you will see in society, you can see this in many different walks of life, when, uh, when a, a person or an organization reaches a certain level of success, what they see is that they, the, the mindset changes. Uh, they may plateau. You may never hear from them again. You, you can think of maybe a favorite music artist. You think, wow, they had that one great song, that one great album. What happened to them? Maybe they got their paycheck and their mindset changed. 
or a, uh, an elite college athlete. They get a payday. They go to the pros. What happened there? They kind of flame out. We've all heard of, of, of businesses doing this too. Like imagine 40 years ago, if you were in the executive leadership team of Sears, hey, we've got this, right? We've got the catalog. And now they're shutting down like flies. Or maybe 25 years ago with Blockbuster Video. Hey, we own the videotape market, right? We got the videotapes. We, we, we're, on, we're on our game. There is no one better than us. But the mindset starts to change. They're unwilling uh, to, to remain in that mindset that got them there. And they plateau. It's that first step of death. Now, I think uh, we've seen this with, we see this with churches, too. Now, this is a phenomenal building, and, and I think, you know, Kirsten and I, as we walk through this together, we, it is, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, and, and to us, as we talked about, this is more than, than just a phenomenal, beautiful facility. To, to us, it, it symbolizes that the Lord is alive here, that something is going on. Mark uh, referenced that, that, that something is going on in this community that God is using and God is alive and he wants to use you all to bring the fullness of life in Jesus Christ to Delano and to the surrounding communities. And that's what's really exciting. But all of us have seen it. All of us have walked into churches where the building is beautiful, but there is no life on the inside. And somewhere along the line, the mindset changed. They reached a certain level of success, and then maybe they just said, well, we can relax. I want to challenge you with the two words today, to press on. Now, the Apostle Paul, when he planted a church in Philippi, he gave these words to the church. He wrote a letter back. It's the, letter, uh, it's the book of Philippians, and he said this. He said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. So the Apostle Paul is not focusing on what he has achieved spiritually, achieved for the Lord. He says, I'm not focusing on my achievements, but I am focused. This is where he is setting his mindset to spiritually remain faithful to what the Lord has called him to. He says this, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, if you know the Apostle Paul used to be known as Saul, he was a murderer. You would maybe think of him as a serial killer. He hunted Christians. If you were a Christian in that day and you heard Saul was coming, you were terrified. Now, maybe what part of what Paul is saying when I forget the past is kind of some of the shamefulness of, of what he had done. But that past that, you know, the, some of the mistakes that he had made and the people that he had put to death. He says, I'm forgetting what's behind me. The Lord has forgiven that and is using me as his vessel. Maybe what Paul is trying to, is saying I'm forgetting is, are those spiritual accomplishments that, he's, that we, we, we reference? That he says, no, I planted churches here and here and here in Colossae and Philippi and, and all these places and I've, I've spoken to governors and leaders and I've preached to thousands, and, and he says, no, I'm forgetting the past because I don't want that to grow into any form of spiritual pride. And so I think the first thing that we, when I, when I challenge you to press on 
is when you think of your past and anything in your past that the enemy would like to disqualify or derail what the Lord wants to do in you going forward, you need to forget that past. You need to either put the grace of Christ on it and say, those mistakes I made are forgiven. I am pressing on for what God has in my life. Or those, those ways that God has used you in miraculous ways to say, Lord, I forget what you've done. This was to your glory, not to my own. I am looking forward and pressing on. Here's what he says in the next verse. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now, this, this beautiful facility is not the finish line. The finish line is the end of your life. And you need to adopt a mindset that says, Lord, for every day of my life, I want to press on. I want to press on to the things that you have called me to, to the purpose that you have created me for, so that I will finish the race well. And so I want to offer you as a church three ways that I think you can do this as a church. To remain vibrant, to remain an impact, uh, impacting a body of believers in this community that so desperately needs the love of Jesus Christ. So the first thing I would say, the first uh, element of, of pressing on, I would say, is make it a habit to pray. I want to challenge you to make it a habit every day to pray for this community, for this church, for the leaders of this church, for your pastor. Now, this can just take a minute. Every day. And we're going we're gonna to put this into practice at the end. But I want you to just imagine for a moment. If as a church you said, hey, for, for five years we are not going to pray. We are not going to pray for this community. We are not, gonna, we are not going to we're not gonna do that. And what would this community look like? And as I imagine that, I think almost of a, like a, in, a, in a spiritual sense of, of the movie, it's a wonderful life, right? You can see that without the life of, of, of this church being active in the community to share the love of Jesus Christ, the community looks different. But let's imagine it together. Let's imagine it together the other way. What if everyone in this room said, I will commit every day just to take one minute to pray for this community, to pray for my pastor, to pray for the staff, to pray that the Lord will move, to remain dependent on God to do things and that, that we have not crossed the finish line, but we're going to keep pressing. We're going to keep praying. And prayer is just, it's not about asking God to just do the things that we want, but saying, Lord, we remain dependent on you to continue your work here. Would you continue to move? So the first one I would say is to make it a habit to pray. We're going to circle back on that one at the end a little more. Second one is to create a habit to bless. Create a habit to bless. Now, I hope uh, for those of you who would consider yourself a, that you have oriented your life in a way that says, Lord, however you want to use and bless me, that you are constantly a blessing to all those around you, whether you're checking out at Coburn's or uh, just bumping into people at work, that people say there's something different here. There's something different about the person that I live next to you. I see something different in their life, and I don't know what it is. And they may not know what it is, but you know what it is. It is that life in Christ, that spirit 
uh, filled life that you are fully alive, fully uh, blessing all those around you uh, when they may not even know it. Now, I want to challenge you to think about this in maybe an extra way, though. I want you to think about how you can be a blessing to your leadership here at the church. Now, having a we, uh, Kirsten and I don't think of ourselves as being out of ministry. We just do ministry in a different way. And uh, most recently, I had been in a, a Fortune 500 company. And reflecting back on, on uh, the time in the church, it, it, it can be, uh, transparently, it can be just very uh, complicated. It can be exhausting. And your staff, your pastor, your leadership need you all around them so God can accomplish through all of you everything that he wants. Now, when I think back to uh, Moses, Old Testament. Now, Moses was maybe, was he the LeBron James of the Old Testament? I don't know. We're not going to get into a goat argument. Uh, but maybe he was the goat of the Old Testament. Uh, but Moses, a phenomenal leader, a man of God who, who, who got to speak to God face to face. He he was the leader of the people of Israel. He led them out of, the, uh, out of, out of Egypt and, and just phenomenal things. But you know that Moses uh, didn't always have a group of folks that were uh, lifting him up, right? Uh, in fact, one conversation in, in Numbers 11, he's speaking with God, and it was uh, this will be Greg's uh, translated version, something like, I would rather die than lead these people anymore because they are wearing me out. Now, you can imagine this is Moses. And if Moses can have that kind of transparent conversation with God, that why would you do this to me? It's just to me a sign that every leader needs, needs their people to be praying for them and, and blessing them. One of the best ways that you can do this is uh, an instruction we find in Hebrews chapter 13. It says this, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Now let that first phrase sink in just a moment. This is, this is kind of the opposite of our culture today, right? And it's not just, it's not just with church leaders, but Every, uh, everything in social media, it's about tear down, tear down, criticize, undercut, claw, you know, uh, cancel, everything. It's about tearing people down. The life of a believer in Christ, who is part of a family of Christ, we're called to something different. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Now, that doesn't mean that Aaron or the leadership, uh, the other staff here, it doesn't mean they're going to always get it right. They won't. I never, I didn't. And, and, uh, but, but what Scripture is saying that we all as imperfect people can come together and allow the perfection of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ to come and work through our imperfections to accomplish what he wants in us. And it goes on to say this, be, uh, uh, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So the challenge in this one of being a blessing, how could you as a church make your staff leader, make your pastor, 
make their families, make their work here a joy. Now, for some of you, that might just be being more fully engaged as, as you serve. Or it may, just, uh, it may be an, an anonymous way that you just share appreciation, uh, a creative way that you share appreciation. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you own a tire store and you say, hey, you know, I'm going I'm to get a new set of tires over here. I, I Find a creative way to be a blessing and find an anonymous way. Because, you know, I think the things, uh, you, you know, oftentimes those of us here on, on stage, uh, you know, we get a little uh, oftentimes maybe more credit than is due. Uh, this is a phenomenal team of people uh, that helped get the church to where it is. And what I would encourage you to do is, is, is uh, as you think about those staff leaders who are doing it, find a creative way to be a blessing to them so their work will be a joy. Now, I, I want to introduce you well, real quick to one of my friends who, when I was a pastor, uh, Pat Hawkins. You, you want to just stand up, Pat? Did he, Pat is, uh, he didn't know I was going to do this, and neither did I. Uh, this is uh, my spiritual mentor, and him and his wife were both an encouragement to Kirsten and I when we were, when we were in pastors. And I want to thank you, Pat, uh, just really for your, your and Michelle's uh, love and care for Kirsten and I while, while we were in ministry. It meant a lot. You know, Moses had two men. Uh, it was Joshua and Caleb. You know, after all they had seen, uh, all of the, after all of the, uh, the plagues and the parting of the Red Sea and the fire by night and the cloud of smoke by day, he sends 12 guys in to go take the land of Canaan, and 10 of them came back and said, we can't do it. We can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb came around Moses and said, hey, we're going to be faith-filled, and we're going to believe that God can do it. And this is, this is my Joshua right here. I want you to be a Joshua to Pastor Aaron and his family and the staff and their families. And you be that one that is going to lift them up. So create a habit to pray. Create a habit to bless. And the last one is I want to encourage you to go all in. To go all in on what God is doing here. You know, uh, when, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and discovering the amazement of the gospel. He said in one story in Matthew chapter 13, he said it like this. He said, the kingdom of God is, is like a, a person who went out into a field and discovered a pearl that was hidden. And, and in amazement of finding this pearl of great price, he rehid it. He went back and sold everything that he owned so he could buy this field and obtain that pearl of great price. And what Jesus calls all of us to is to say the, the gospel message, when we realize the, the depth of our depravity of sin and when we realize our, the, our need for grace, when we realize everything that God did to offer us forgiveness, when we realize his unconditional love, when we realize his mercy, that not only is he willing to forgive us of our sins, but he's willing to gift us with eternal life. And when we realize that he will gift us with special talents and abilities that he's given to all believers that we can use to help accomplish his mission, when we realize that he had a purpose and a plan for every person in this room 
a purpose and a plan that would help uh, infect the world with, the lo- with, with God's love. When we realize that, we come to grips and, uh, that, that this is that pearl of great price. Then what it deserves, what it deserves is for us to say, Lord, I will give everything. I will orient my life where I am fully committed, fully committed to your mission and your work in my life. Lord, I am all in. And this can happen uh, in, in your home. This can happen in your relationships, your friendships, in your neighborhood. God's purpose and plan of being all in can happen at your, at your workplace. And it can happen here. And I think if you're here today, that to me, that part of God's plan for you is for you to be all in and orient your life in a way that you say, Lord, whatever you have me to do, that is what I will do. And so today I want to offer all of you a marker. And you see we've got some uh, beautiful rocks here on the front. I want to offer every one of you a marker. Now, oftentimes in the Old Testament when God did something, he says, you know, put, put up a marker, put some stones here just to remember what God has done. And this morning, if you would say, Lord, I'm going to commit I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to make a habit. And it's going to take just a minute a day to pray for my pastor, to pray uh, for this church, to pray for the community that God will full, be fully on. And I'm going, to, I'm going to make it a habit to be a blessing. I'm going to find a way to bless and to, to, to affirm, to be that faith-filled follower of what you're doing here. And Lord, I'm all in. That's me. I'm all in. Whatever you tell me to do, Lord, that's, that's where I'm going to go. I want to orient my life that way. Now, the reason I chose a white stone, and Aaron shared with me that uh, a number of weeks ago, you all received stones, and you prayed over them, and you buried them on the land. And when I told Aaron, I said, you know, I wanna, I, I'd like to offer everyone a marker of a white stone. And the white stone comes from Revelation chapter 2. And these are one of the uh, letters uh, to, to the churches, uh, the early churches. And here's what, here's what it says in Revelation chapter 2 as we close up. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it known only to the one who receives it. So here we see a picture that John is saying that, the, that God is going to offer us believers, it says those who are victorious, we've confessed our sins, we've placed our, 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 our faith and trust in Jesus Christ under his lordship. To the ones that are victorious, God gives us three things. The first one is that it says hidden manna. Now, that hidden manna is believed to be uh, that daily sustenance. Remember the manna in the Old Testament? In Moses' day, God supernaturally provided food for them. And then Jesus Christ saying, I'm going to give you something hidden. It's that, it's that daily relationship with Jesus Christ that maybe only you know between him and you about what God is creating and working on in you. It's a gift. 
that fellowship with Christ every day. Jesus says that I am the bread of life. And every day we can take part of that bread of life. Second thing that we're given is is a white stone. Now back in the day, if you were on trial and you were found guilty or condemned for the thing you had done, you were given a black stone and you were under condemnation of the court and received punishment. Now the readers of this day would understand that the ones that were not under condemnation were given a white stone. And this is a white stone that God gives to all of those who've been forgiven of their sins, of their past. It says, here's the white stone to remind you of the forgiveness and grace that is in Jesus Christ. And you are not under condemnation. Christ has paid the price. And then we see that new name that is written on the new stone. Now we see in the Old Testament and New Testament some examples of God changing people's names for a special purpose. We see that from Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul. And on this rock that you are given if you are in Christ is a new name. And I think what that symbolizes for us is just that new identity in Christ. The past is gone. The past is behind us. We're going to focus on the future. We are going to press on. And I'm going to press on in the authority and in the blessing of the identity that I have in Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. And so uh, during these last couple songs that the, the band's going to share with us, if you'd like to commit to that and take one of these markers, put it in your car, put it in your shower, they're waterproof. Uh, you can put it, put it in, uh, at your desk, put it on the kitchen table, put it somewhere that will remember, that will remind you, yes, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to pray today for those things, pray for my church, pray for my pastor, my staff, and be reminded of the grace of God in your life. So I'm going to ask you all to stand, and if you'd like to come, looks like we've got one customer already. During these songs, you just come down, you grab a rock, and at the end, we're going to put this into practice together to pray and to commit ourselves and, and to look forward and press on for all that God has.